Good evening. Everyone, thanks for coming. We'll continue this evening with our discussion of the Bhagavat Sandarbha of Srila Jiva Goswami. We're up to the 56th Anucheta. Krishna's form is the ultimate of all that is to be attained. Krishna's form is supremely transcendental in the topmost repository of love. Srila Rupa Goswami, in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, uh, mentions uh, the stages of progression, progressive devotional practice. Sada, Shraddha, Tata, Sadhu, Sangotha, Bhajana, Kriya, Tato, Nartha, Nivriti, Shat, Tato, Nista, Ruchi, Tata. In the first verse, and the second of those verses goes on to explain the uh, progression through bhava and then through praying. Now, Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, in his commentary to the Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, first canto, second chapter, 21st verse, he expands that listing and he begins with. Instead of a da shraddha, that it begins with with faith, he goes, he gives two steps before even one acquiring faith enough in the process of devotional service to engage in it. You have to have a little something to begin with. It's basically, so he says those things that are preliminary to Shraddha, which is where Rupa Goswami takes off in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu as far as the progressive stages of devotional practice. Um, Vishwanath says the first thing is actually the mercy of the devotees. That's where it all begins. If one's to engage in the process of devotional service, then first he's going to be He's going to receive in some form or another the mercy of one of Krishna's devotees. And then he goes on to say the second thing is service to the devotee. Now this service is prior to the stage of faith. We call that what is it? Agyata Sukriti. Agyata Gata Sukrita, that it's unbeknownst to the one who's engaging in it, like opening the door for a saint and not realizing he's a saint. So, first of all, the saint is there and his mercy is, well, wherever he is, his mercy is like his halo. <laughs> Wherever he goes, his mercy goes with him. So even seeing a saint is to obtain his mercy. Um, and then, as Jata Sukriti, doing some service unknowingly because no faith is there yet. But, boy, he really looks, or she looks really... Amazing, 
You saw that with, uh, at least I saw that with my spiritual master. People would just see Prabhupada and they'd be overwhelmed. With something about him, something in the way he moves, <laughs> something in the way he walks. They would, you know, just to think favorably. So that is Ashnata Sukriti. It's this performing some service. The service could be just appreciation. The service could just be, well, that's glorification, isn't it? To appreciate is to glorify. So to glorify the pure devotee. And then the processes as, as Rupa, Vishwanath, mentions. So first is the mercy of the devotee. And as I said, the mercy of the devotee is wherever the devotee is. Prabhupada even extended his mercy so much as, even if they touch my book. So he his disposition was such that he thought that that in and of itself was enough for him to be allowed to extend his mercy just by their touching his book. What to speak of holding it, which would be service to the Bhagavat, the book Bhagavat, Nastapriyeshu Abhiyeshu Nicham Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavat Yutama Sloke Bhaktir Bhavati Naistiki. Touching the book it has a nice cover, it feels nice, it's well printed. This is all service to the book Bhagavat and also to the author and the people that you know, the, the whole presentation. So these two stages Vishwanath put and then Shraddha, and now Shraddha Tata Sadhu, association with the devotees. But it's a different association with the devotees now. It's knowing. There's some knowing involved. So first is unknowing, Ajjata Sukriti, and then some knowing some knowing, and which is knowing with the accompaniment of faith. This, is, this will probably be good for me. Begins there, and later it would hopefully develop into this is good for me. But in the beginning, it's sometimes good. The mind is saying this is good for me, and then the mind turns around a year and a half, two years later, and says, I don't know if this is good for me or not. That's unfortunate. We hope that we come first full circle and come back to the, this is good to me, for me. But Vishwanath goes over all this in detail in his Madhurya Kadamani. In the beginning, there's the initial enthusiasm. This is not good. This is great for me. And then there's, Sometimes great, sometimes not great. Uh, and so he, he gives six stages of unsteady practice. Six different, basically psychological moods. Maybe we all need counseling to get through them, but, you know, the counseling is to stay in the association of devotees. That is certainly enough counseling to, if we can, despite whatever the mind is saying, simply stay in the association of devotees, that will be good for us and these things will dissipate 
in due course of time. Shraddha, Bhajana, Kriya, association with the devotees. And when you're with the devotees, well, what do they do? Everything they do is bhajan, serving the deity, cooking for the deity, serving the Bhagavat, serving the sadhu, serving the guru. I mean, all these activities, bhajana, kriya. And uh, anartha navritti. From the very beginning, anarthas start falling away. Anarthas and what else? Subhada. Good fortune starts coming our way. So the anarthas fall away and the good fortune comes our way. So this is the initial stage that anartha nivritti, it, it's it's characterized by these by it's characterized by Vishwanal Chakravarti Thakur in Madhurya Kadamani as having these six psychological stages of initial enthusiasm, running hot, running cold, thinking that if I change my position then I can situation, then I'll be a devotee. That does apply in one instance in the instance of entering into the close association with advanced devotees. That is a fact. That's good in all circumstance. But sometimes someone will think, if I just become a brahmachari or a brahmacharini, then I'll advance. No, I need to become a householder. Then I can advance. No, I need to become the temple president then I can advance. No, I should just simply be the pot washer and be humble, and then I advance. So this is this this vacillation. The mind is thinking this thing and that thing and this other thing, and so these stages, going through these stages, uh, being still hampered in some way or another, and this this ends up with. An intense, well, an intense what we would call challenge at the end of those six stages of what? Riding on the waves of bhakti. We know what a surfer does. He rides on the waves and he's... So somebody's got it down. They can ride on the bhakti. They can, they can perform the practices. They... they they got the walk down, they got the dress down, they got the lingo down. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm here, I've made it. I am a devotee now, look at me. Everyone should look at me. Everyone should garland me, everyone should worship me, everyone should listen to every word coming from my lips, everybody. And this is the last stage of, of, of unsteady devotional practice it's unsteady because it's not going to you know you have to get past that riding of the waves of devotion and another word applied to this it's called pratista false being falsely proud now i've now i've got it down but what follows that false pride once we get past nista then what do we fall into? We fall down in full obeisances because we realize that 
Humility is the only avenue of true advancement. That only, I can only chant sincerely when there's all humility. Once we come to this stage of, of steadiness, saturated with spiritual humility, true humility, not the humility is, oh, please accept my humble obeisances. That's good. It's a good place to start. The humility is, I can't make it till tomorrow and even hope to stay in devotional service unless you allow me to stay, unless you allow me to have your association, unless you don't kick me out because if you knew what was in my mind and in my heart, I'd be out on the street in a moment. So we're talking about true humility where that's, that's the mentality that this there's this has come to me only by your good fortune talking to the sadhus talking to the guru and to the deity and the you know the book bhagavat if you if you didn't keep me here there's no one i could make and to understand this this stage of utter humility follows the riding of the waves this transformation. This is an internal transformation that, that you won't see externally because the devotee is finally coming to the stage of Nista and what he asks, has to offer the devotional community is certainly something of value at this stage to some extent. So he has to now what was in his mind as pratista, false prestige, becomes true humility, but he still has to hold a position of prestige in order to assist other devotees because he has got the walk down. He does chant his rounds. He does follow some regulation. He is sincere of purpose or he would have never made it to the stage of Nista to begin with. And then it becomes very interesting. Then the taste for the holy name begins. Then the taste comes to such an extent that chanting 16 rounds is not a chore. It's a, it's, it's a reprieve. <laughs> it's, it's not difficult serving. It's not difficult staying in the association of devotees. There's no one, nowhere else I'd rather be is the stage of Ruchi. There's nowhere else I'd rather be than here in this association. That's followed by Asakti, then Bhava, then Prame. And then Vishwanath adds two other stages at the very end. So Rupa's verse deals starting with faith, faith, sadhu sangha, bhajana kriya, anartha nivritti, nista, ruchi, asakti, bhava, and prem. And then Vishwanath goes on to mention the next 
stage after praying is actually seeing the Lord, coming directly into his association. And that can come in different ways. We see in the Bhagavatam, the Lord sometimes manifests to devotees at different stages along the path. But the, the stage that Vishwanath is talking about here is the stage of constantly being in the presence of the Lord. Either in his physical presence, either being born in uh, Bomi, in Raj, where you're associating with, with him and getting trained up for your permanent position in his association. You're following a Rigatmika. You're a true Raganuga Bhakti at that stage. You've, you've developed a specific desire to be in a specific relationship with the Lord following one of the Lord's Nichasiddhas, his eternal associates. This, of course, begins in the Aprakat Leela. You enter into an observance of the of the Lord's pastimes in Samadhi, deep meditation, and that's followed by, of course, taking birth in the Lord's Prakat manifestation, his his manifestation within the material world, the material world, and then you enter into his per his eternal association. And that eternal association may be prakat or aprakat. You can go wherever he wants you, wherever his wherever you're uh, wherever you're told to go. <laughs> you don't care. You can't tell the difference. Am I here in the material world or the spiritual world? Because in that association, there is no difference. The Lord brings His whole spiritual boat. We would think, well, this is this is. I mean, you're talking about. Samadhi, Samadhi, I, I can hardly chant without my mind going all over the place. And I've been at this for 20, 40 years and it's still just, but that's also mercy. That mercy comes at the stage of Nista, that we begin to get some steadiness in the chanting and the chanting, we see that the chanting does have some place it wants to take us. That the, the the mind becomes a little more steady, and and there there is some, the chanting is starting to draw us now, and that drawing is begins at Nista, it it becomes a little bit more clear. At Ruchi, when the taste for the chanting increases, and then a Sakti, a more specific destination starts to manifest has agreed in us to serve the Lord in a particular way. I bring all this up at the beginning of this Anacheda, the fact that Vishwanath said that, because we're talking about in this particular Anacheda that the ultimate of everything is what Vishwanath's talking about, somebody that's protected, that's perfected their spiritual life and actually enters into the association of the Lord. It's the ultimate. There's nothing more than that. 
once you've once you've gone through the progressive stages of devotional service, that's it, attainment of the Lord. And that's what Jiva Goswami is bringing out here. All right, we've talked about the Lord, we've talked about his transcendental form, we've talked about his different manifestations, and the fact that these are all transcendental. We've talked about his qualities, and all his qualities are transcendental. Now, what's the topmost when we talk, what, what's the actual the goal where am i where where does does all this need to take us if we're fortunate enough to to have the darshan of the lord's form if we're fortunate enough to to enter into an appreciation of his various qualities as manifest through the material energy and also coming in a, in his association in his transcendental form what's 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 the objective that all the lord is drawing us to and this is it, to actually have his personal association. With the very same intent, Sri Sukha said, this is from the 10th canto, Sukadeva Goswami is explaining uh, what he's just, he's elaborating upon the pastime of uh, Brahma's, Brahma Vimohan Leela, and he says the following, You should know this Krishna to be the self of all selves. For the benefit of the world, he appears here just like an embodied being by the influence of his maya. So this Anucheda and going forward to the next couple of Anuchedas, this spiritual distinction is going to be embellished upon by Jiva Goswami. The Lord's, the nature of his transcendental form. The demonstrative pronoun, enum, this, refers to the form described in the preceding verse, verses of Brahmastava. Brahmastava is referring to the, the stava, the prayers of Brahma, to Krishna. Those unanswered prayers. Brahma's praying and Krishna's looking like, okay. You can leave now. No, no. But, I mean, he's very gracious. Krishna's always a very gracious young boy. He is playing with his friends. and You know, here's, here's Brahma worshipping him with prayers after seeing, and he's like, yeah, you've just kept me away from my friends for a year, and now finally I, I'm going to, they're coming back, and I'd like to, you know take off where I left off and we could save the prayers, kind of. It would be okay. So he's he's acting like he's not interested, but as I said, Krishna's the most gracious, so he didn't turn his back on Brahma, but he didn't say thank you either. <laughs> Such as this one. Refer to the, the demonstra demonstrative pronoun, a num, refers to the form described in the preceding verses. So Brahma, in his prayers, has described the form of the Lord as he's, as I said at the last end of the last discussion, he's seen, he's seen and had a direct revelation of Achinta Beta Beta Tattva, the Lord's form and the Lord's form expanding 
into so many forms, even to his personal associates. And the fact that actually the Lord can expand and take on all the characteristics and still be the Lord individually, or he can expand and his expansions themselves can have their own characteristics and their own spiritual identity independent of his. Achinta, Veda, Beta, Tattva. On one instance, they can be, Krishna's shown he ex, can expand himself into directly those calves and cowherd boys. And then he showed, but really, the calves and cowherd boys are my expansions. So, Vivi Namsa also it's expansion this is an this is an amazing amazing revelation for brahma to have for us to discuss it and intellectualize it is is one thing to experience it that's what's being spoken of here how that revelation he's i bow down to you o worshipable one who are the son of the cowherd Nanda with soft feet, a cloud-complexioned body, and light-colored clothes. Your beautiful face is effulgently framed with earrings made of gunja berries. You wear a garland of forest flowers, and you look so sweet. Holding yogurt and fruit in one hand, a flute, horn, and prodding stick in the other. Sukadev had said, Prior to these prayers, the unborn Lord, Lord took the form of every one of the boys and calves, even the smallest of them, with the exact same hands, feet, and other physical features, carrying the exact same sticks, horns, flutes, and lunch bags, the same clothes and ornaments, the same personalities, qualities, appearance, and age, and with the same activities and gestures as if to show the truth of the statement that everything in the universe is nothing but Lord Vishnu. So Parikshit here poses a question. O saintly teacher, please explain how they, the cowherd women, could have had so much love for Krishna, who was someone else's child, they never felt such love even for their own children. So now Vishnu, Maharaj Parikshit has heard the Brahma Vimohan Leela and during the Leela, Sukadeva Goswami has brought out this point that the affection of the cows for their calves increased during this year within the Braj Leela. And the affection of the parents of the cowherd boys increased during that year. How is it possible now that I know, and Brahma knows, and we all know from the Leela, that, that actually those calves and those cowherd boys were Krishna personally? How could their love have increased 
during that year the way it did because that increase from the way it's been explained by you was greater than the love and affection that both the cows and their parents of the cowherd boys had for their offspring. They didn't know that there had been a change. We know. We're here hearing about the Leela and and observing the Leela through the year as Sukadev's speaking it, we're envisioning what happened and we know, but they never knew. So how Prakshit's questioning, how is it possible that that love could have been greater? And Sukadev says, it's because Krishna is the self of all selves. He's the essence of, of every one. O saintly teacher, explain to me, why is this? So Sukadev responds to this inquiry in seven verses. Srimad Bhagavatam, 14th chapter, the 50th through 56th verses. He begins by explaining that everyone loves themselves above everything else. This is the topmost love. Of course, he's explaining to... We have to frame that. He's, he's explaining it to, to Parikshit Maharaj, who's Krishna's devotees, but he's also speaking to the world in general. So it may not specifically apply to someone who's come to the stage of praying, because certainly at that stage there's more love for Krishna than for oneself. But, again, the Bhagavatam is, is giving a message to humanity at large. So he's saying... In reality, Sukadev's saying everybody loves themselves more than anyone else. That's that's the way it is. And any love that we can see that one may have for someone else, if you really study it carefully, you'll come to the conclusion that it's self-centered. It really comes back to the lover because if the reciprocation of that love is not experienced in a particular way, then the love will gradually dim and fade out. Even the child, the mother for the child, we would think that that love could never go. But the fact of the matter is, sometimes the mother will kill the child. And if the mother can't kill the child, sometimes she wishes she could. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen, but there are instances of it. So the point is being made that at all, even, the, even what we consider the highest love in the material realm comes back to loving ourselves. And thus it is true that the self is most dear to every living being. So there's the key, isn't it? The self. So Krishna is the self of every self. He is, in essence, a chinta, beta, beta, tattva, simultaneously one with and different from ourselves. 
So there's also a little portion of Krishna in everyone. But the portion of Radha is only in the devotees. <laughs> By use of the verb avehi, to know, Sukadeva advises Pariksit to experience the form of the Lord exclusively through the knowledge that arises out of his, Sukadeva's, mercy. This is a very important statement that Jiva Goswami is making here. If you look, Jiva is saying, if we look deeply at what Sukadeva is saying to his disciple, Parikshit Maharaj, he's saying, if you really want to understand, if you really want to, want to enter into the mystery of what I'm trying to explain to you, open up your heart to me and accept the mercy of the benediction of this narration that I'm giving you. What's he saying indirectly? Turn off the filters of, your ment of any mental impressions that can interfere with the clear message that's available. Know what I'm saying you Know it through my mercy. This is a key point to profound spiritual advancement on the part of the sadhaka. And not, Jiva Goswami goes on, and not the knowledge that is arrived at through logical or rational deliberation. Well, does that mean we don't use logic and deliberation when we hear from the guru no it means that the logic and the deliberation are secondary to the hearing and accepting what the guru's saying as a as a merciful dispensation for our spiritual advancement although krishna is such as described by Sri Brahma, still, by his maya, i.e., his mercy, he appears or acts like an embodied person just to attract everyone's heart towards him for their benefit. The word eva, like or as if, implying similarity only and not identity, means that Sri Krishna was not has not entered into a separate body like an ordinary living entity. It appeared that Krishna entered into different forms, didn't it? That's not what happened. Krishna manifested those exact forms of the calves and the cowherd boys. This was also touched upon by Jiva Goswami in the very last Anucheta, where he brought up even the hearers of the Upanishads cannot fully enter into the mystery of Krishna's transcendental form. Of the Upanishads, the Shruti, the, the Veda proper, even they without 
the merciful dispensation of a sadguru, of, of one of the Lord's advanced devotees, cannot have what Brahma had as far as a deep understanding and what Maharaj Parikshit was experiencing through the narration of, of Sukadev Goswami. That's an important point. What Maharaj Parikshit was experiencing through the narration of Sukadev Goswami. Simply to hear the pure devotee mention the word Krishna, that in and of itself, his utterance of just Krishna's name is imbued with such a dispensation of mercy which is far exceeds all the logic and all the reason and rationale of the material world. Vidura advised Dhritarashtra. This is another praman or an evidence that Jiva Goswami is going to utilize to further bring his point home. This is from the Mahabharata. One may give up a family member to save the family and abandon a family for the sake of the village. One can renounce a village for the sake of the nation, but one must be prepared to sacrifice the entire earth for the sake of the self, the Atma. What a profound statement that if you have the opportunity to attain complete and absolute, an absolute position in spirituality, you have to be willing to, and to forsake everything. Because this kind of an opportunity is that rare. Thank you so much for your association.